Dasein of Philosophy here. Hope you guys are having all a good morning. Uh, I'm on the way to work, running a little bit late, but we're still gonna do this Philosophy in the Morning podcast. Uh, so yeah, yesterday I talked a little bit about existentialism and kind of how that was sort of the background to my philosophy. Um, I guess today we'll talk a little bit about what kind of came after I started focusing on existentialism. Actually, it was more, once I'd finished my book on Dasein's journal, A Collection of Philosophical Thought, and once I had started, I guess, my bachelor's degree in education, this was when I kind of found a necessity to find the utility of philosophy. And in, in my philosophy of education course, it was actually one of my courses that I did the worst at. And it was kind of interesting because it was one of those courses where, like I mentioned before, whenever I didn't quite understand what was going on in my philosophy research, that was when I would do well. Uh, but that didn't happen in my philosophy education course. Uh, whenever I didn't understand, I actually didn't do well, uh, which I guess would make sense but it was different from my previous experiences. Anyway, once I had taken uh, my education courses, that was when I had the chance to not only speak out and, again, refine my philosophical thought, but apply it to pedagogy or apply it to the art and science of teaching. And this is when the utility would come in, or at least part of the utility of philosophy, for me anyway was, how do I take these philosophical concepts, um, how do I take important questions such as how do I determine the difference between good and bad, how do I determine the difference between what is beautiful, between what is ugly, and how do I integrate that into the classroom with the goal of creating good citizens that are able to determine the difference between good and bad, but also the difference between what is beautiful and what is ugly. At the same time, while trying to integrate philosophy into uh, my studies in education, in a way that would be useful once I had, once I would step into the job market, I was also trying to use philosophy to kind of see into the future and find out what problems would kind of manifest themselves about 12 months down the road, 18 months down the road, and even 24 months down the road. Then try to reverse engineer solutions to these problems. Uh, one of the first problems that I would come up with that would almost be inevitable would be that in my second year of education, I would be expected to essentially work full time for free. Well, it would be more like I would be having to work full time and having to pay for this should be in the, the realm of my unpaid practicum. 
as a teacher. Anyway, by having to kind of reflect on this problem, I had to find out solutions on how would I essentially be able to not only make money so that I can eat and I guess survive, but how would I do that in a way that would not take away from the experience of teaching full time and not take away from my energy next year, well next year at the time, uh, so that I could still teach to my full potential and not have to focus on having to make money and having to essentially have funds instead of focusing on teaching. Anywho, now that I was trying to figure out and reverse engineer solutions so that I could fully focus on teaching once my full-time practicum kicked in and I would not have to worry about money at all, it came to I came to the conclusion that it would be necessary for me to build businesses before going into education so that I would not have to work a regular job, which would then take away energy and time from my passion of teaching. I really underline this idea that it was necessary to build these businesses just because, again, I wanted to take full advantage of my practicum um, and essentially create a philosophy that I'm teaching because I love teaching and because I find it to be one of my callings, uh, philosophy included in one of those callings and passions, and I did not want money to be a motive in this. Um, but also, if I had a good grasp on my finances and a good grasp on the rules of capitalism, that would also be a philosophical exercise. Um, it would just be more practical and useful for in the real life, the real world. Anyway, I would then focus my mornings uh, during my first year of education uh, from around anywhere from 5.30 to around 8, 8.30 to building my businesses. And it was hard just because, again, I was still in school, but there was less, maybe less work um, to do, and I had more time on my hands compared to the second year. But first year, again, the practicum wasn't that long. So then I could focus more on building these businesses so that, again, in second year, I wouldn't have to worry about money anymore. I could fully focus on my passion for teaching and fully give to my my students, my kids. Um, anyway, I guess that would be kind of a foundation of my philosophy of education that I did not want education to be reified by the capitalist system. So reification uh, or things being reified is something very specific to a capitalist society. Essentially, uh, capitalism has this phenomena called reification, where it can change the values of anything found within the system. Um, a good example of this was found in an article written by my philosophy prof, uh, Antoine Cantembro, uh, where he talks 
is about the reification of skateboarding and how the sport and um, I guess the culture of skateboarding, skate, skate culture, um, back in the day it was just, it was underground. It was groups of, some would even call, call them uh, like punks or rebels or whatever it is, skaters that were doing it the joy of getting better, for the culture, for uh, the group, and the, the ability to, to just do it, essentially. Um, it wasn't about the money. Now, after many years of skating and skateboarding becoming more and more popular, that was when skateboarding and the culture of skateboarding started to become reified. Now we have the X Games, huge, huge events uh, with fairly large um, prizes. And there's more brands around skateboarding, there's more um, equipment you can buy. It's become an industry essentially. And this has kind of reified or changed, morphed. Uh, maybe if you're a little bit more optimist, evolved uh, the values of skateboarding towards something that capitalist has more of a gr grasp on or a grip on. Uh, so yeah, it's essentially reification, and I wanted to avoid the reification of education um, as much as possible, even if it's only at my own individual level. Uh, maybe I can't do it at societal level, but again, it's something that... Paradox, however, in my goal of trying to avoid the reification of education um, through the capitalist society was that essentially I kind of built a business that would reify uh, education. Um, essentially one of my businesses that I built was writing and publishing a book and marketing it. Uh, the book was to be titled How to Never Be Broke Again, which would simultaneously be a critique of the capitalist society, but also rules, 10 rules on how essentially to never be broke again on things that I had learned from um, multi-millionaire business owners, from other financial professionals that I had met, uh, but also through almost seven years of personal studies in finances before I was really into philosophy. Anyway, that's kind of a paradox because, uh, again, like I mentioned before, I wanted to avoid the reification of education by capitalism, but by doing so, I created a work of philosophy and a work of, I guess, financial education that would reify education. Uh, essentially, I would be, I was trying to teach people how to better handle their money, how to have their money work for them, uh, and by showing them a system to never be broke again, essentially. Again, it's a system that I wanted to create not only for myself but for other people just because, again, I can only sit down and show people these systems. Um, there's a limited amount of time during the day. I couldn't do this with everyone that I met. But if I created a book, then I could scale how much people I can help out as long as they read the book and did the 
missions. More importantly, did the missions because, again, one of my philosophies is that you can have all the theory in the world, but if you don't take action, then you won't get the results. You essentially won't get the lessons necessary uh, that come with <coughs> come with uh, taking action, but also failing and then figuring out what you did wrong, how you can get better. Um, again, it's I found it a little ironic that if I tried to avoid um, the reification of education by capitalism, that I kind of did reify education. Um, and it was also interesting to see how, I guess, the other, other people would view uh, my goals of trying to interesting because the people that weren't broke would be very interested in learning about the system. They saw a value in it almost immediately. I didn't even have to try and sell it to them. Uh, but the people that were broke and the people that I knew were struggling the most were the ones that were very reluctant and did almost did not want to hear anything about a possible solution to their situation. I also found it interesting that I would almost be labeled as a capitalist um, to the point where I kind of just decided, hey, like, as a philosopher, as a position that I take as Dasein, which is the being that's there, or the human being that is not its essence, but that its existence precedes its essence. Sartre talks about that. Essentially, it's another way of describing Dasein. Um, but that being said, I can take as many roles as I want and as many roles that I, as I can and determined by not only myself but the intersubjectivity that I have with uh, the other or with other people. So as I started to market more this book and started to become more labeled as being a capitalist and being a person that will put money before anything else, even if I knew this wasn't true, it could be a position that I could take. Uh, philosophically anyway. I kind of look at philosophy and the many different philosophies as different sorts of glasses that you can put on and see the world differently. And again, with the many philosophers that I've studied, I do have access to many of these different glasses that I can put on and interchange whenever I'd like so that I can see possible solutions not only through one lens, but through multiple lenses. And it was through looking multiple lenses and I would see factors that would be similar that I could find one solution that 